Hello listeners and welcome to a brand new episode of the Everybody's Eats Legum podcast. I'm your host as always Nanad, joined today as usual by our in-house PSG fan Jerry. Jerry, how's it going? Hi, Hi Nanad. Uh, it's been a, I'm going well, I'm going well. What about you? How is it going after our little international break? Yeah, international break was good. International break was good. Like, it was a little bit of an adjustment coming back. Like, obviously I had my two weeks in India coming back here to the UK. Uh, and even though I've lived here for like a couple of years now, adjusting back to the cold was hell. Um, so, so yeah, not not easy. But hey, you've had a very eventful week, like wrestling with MMA fighters and all that. <laughs> so yeah, tell our listeners about that. Yeah, yeah. So for people who don't know, I am a third year student at the University of Central Lancashire in Preston. And we have those uh, modules called Newsdays where basically we need to produce like local stories or so stories like not f- far from Preston. And well, for somehow, in some reason, um, uh, MMA is actually a big thing in, in, <laughs> in Preston. So I just went down to produce another stories uh, to this uh, MMA professional woman fighters. And we talk all things in MMA. And I was, I, at the end of it, I was like, hey, uh, the other day you just won your second fight and you did that pretty cool arm bite called. Uh, well, I, I want to try. I want to see how it feels like. So, so yeah, if you want to see some of my my MMA prowess or not, he's on, he's, he's, on twi- he's on Twitter. He's on my Twitter, guys. <laughs> well, that's it's. I, I mean, honestly, it's interesting that you have these sort of experiences through, like, obviously doing Newsday and things. So yeah, it's. it's um, I was I was very impressed by by how you performed in, in as part of that. So so yeah, well done, Jerry. Well done. Uh, I'll let you continue with the uh, role of, of the news journalist because, as always, you have to present us the headlines from France. And I know you have quite a few stories for this week, so take it away. Yes, so uh, my first story is, is um, obviously this weekend, on Friday, PSG beat Monaco 5-2. But um, the next day, what will be, even though it's called last minute uh, on that game, what will be marked? What marked his weekend is the fact that the day after, uh, he was supported by a fan. So, as every, every he's a cool. I feel like Olomon is a cool guy. So I, I expected him to, to to stop. So he stopped the fan, asked for a picture, and after the picture, the after the picture, Colomani was like, "Hey, uh, where do you live, by the way? Can I drop you off?" And well, the, the fan was like probably something like fifteen, I guess, and he's just so cool that. Well, one of a football player at such a level, just ask him, "Well, oh, where do you live?" Because I mean, it, it could be dangerous, but obviously, I I feel like if you ask this, you must have sense that there were no, no danger for me. But it's just like so cool. Like imagine you seeing your, a footballer that you admire, and just that the football ask, "Oh, can I drop you off where you live?" And then that. Oh, I would just ask <laughs> them to keep driving. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of story. You come back, you come back to a neighborhood, and no one believes you. Oh, yeah. Exactly, and me yesterday, exactly. I see Messi, and he, he told me that was yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, of, of course, of course, yeah. Got the money, drop you off your ass. But yeah, and then later on the. <laughs> The the young man who uh who dropped by Colomani just make a TikTok about it or he's in his Colomani car. So yeah, I think that's really that was a really nice gesture from Honda Colomani. So even though he sometimes um criticized by some PSG fan on the pitch, out of the pitch, he still stay a nice guy. And my second story is is uh, is in Lyon. Obviously, Lyon is not going well. Lyon uh, Lyon got trouble to scores. So during the league against Lille on the on the weekend, what the fan were doing is obviously we know that Lyon struggled to score. Uh, and I think they are we have like this chant in French where basically the 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 original is like chauffeur cité champion appuie sur champignon kind of meaning is not like yeah driver if you're the boss like go faster on the roads. 
But the Lyon fan decided to deturn that chance to making someone else. Making <laughs> Chevalier, si t'es sympa, laisse marquer Mama Balde. Basically meaning Chevalier. So, Lucas Chevalier, the goalkeeper of Lille, if, if, if you're a good guy, let's call Mama Balde. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I think that's, that's pretty awesome because we know that most of the time people behind the fans which are behind, uh, the opposing goals, most of the time, they just like to, to give big a hard time to the keepers, but saying that, that, that kind of joke message, it's actually quite funny uh, to hear. And even Chevalier, well, we don't know how we are, but he, he must have, he must, surely must have laughed hearing this song. <laughs> no, for sure. I think it's obviously here in the UK, you see like a lot of people try to scare yeah. off uh, goalkeepers when they're taking goal kicks and things. So it's, I think it's credit to Lyon fans for, for taking a different attitude to games uh, nowadays, especially with the way things are at the club. So, so yeah, lovely story that, Jerry. Lovely story. Uh, yeah, I, I know you have a third one as well that you wanted to mention. Yes, and to, to finish off uh, my headline from France, so a couple, couple of weeks ago, uh, I've put Amy Decon as one of my goalkeepers for the season, if you remember. Uh, I still hold on to it. but And now, <laughs> when you're going to hear about what he just did... Uh, just gonna tell you how awesome it is. So recently, Remy Descamps um, went back to his grassroots clubs, which is uh, Verlingen Foot. So really low level. They have uh, Astro Turf. So he went back not to just say hi, hi everyone. I'm I'm Remy Descamps. Uh, I used to play there. And now look at me, I'm in Ligue 1. But no, he went there to do the the. The side referee, the sideline. So he was looking after when they were throwing, like basically flagging up the, the flag and for the offside. So it's kind of unusual once again. You imagine you go, just going to your football club on Saturday and just turn the one of the league, um, one league um player just saying, oh yeah, I'm, ah, the game, nah, yeah, I'm just going to be the side referee for that game. So don't worry about me. <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> so once again, something you don't see often, but that's surely... Um, will will make people uh smile no for sure for sure yeah some really nice player based stories there thanks jerry um i suppose we'll move on now to the uh, weekend review and you started with the psg story so we'll start the weekend review with psg as well obviously beating monaco in a big way friday night 5-2 monaco's third loss this season they've lost already 2-0 to lille and 1-0 to nice uh jerry you watched this game what else is there to say aside from the fact that PSG are ridiculously good? Uh, I think the first take that you can say from this game is the score doesn't actually well reflect the dynamic that was on the game, if if I, I could say. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, don't get me wrong, PSG were good, but I think what's really different from uh, why it's so big is just the fact that PSG scored five goals, really. So, yeah. Uh, they in the in, in in the good times, they really they they were really good at concretizing those those occasion. And I mean, PSG had a a total of two fifty nine expected goal, counting mm-hmm. at a penalty, and they scored five goals. That just tells you how much they they yeah. <laughs> they just basically overperform. Uh, so that that's a reason why like if you just judge it. Only by the game, you might think like Monaco have been outclassed. Don't get me wrong. For the first half was really in PSG favor, but I actually think that the second half wasn't that bad. And if it wasn't for one of, even though Jonamura during that game make a big mistake, he also uh, Monaco could have come back to two two and make an incredible save on Minamino. But uh, I started outside this, and I think when you look at previous. Uh, Result and Monaco, Monaco, and especially the one against against Nice, uh, when they lost one 0 at the end, and I, I feel like they were kind of having the same performance. Monaco wasn't bad at all, PSG wasn't bad neither. But the fact that PSG just scored during the good time and Monaco didn't, that that's just the that's just the difference. And against Nice, it's kind of the same. Uh, Monaco were basically busting up that game, but couldn't score and couldn't find the back of the net. And therefore, with the, just the time, and 
needs to just called at last minutes. And I think that's something that you wouldn't say Monaco would be struggling when you look at the lineup. Uh, the, I mean, the, yeah, the lineup and the the, the attack. But actually, um, I think what he was happening, and I think what was really interesting as well is uh, was Uter's choice to privilege uh, Balogun rather than uh, Ben Yedder for this game. Surely that. Well, he knew that PSG had to play with Domarquinhos, which is injured. So playing with Luca Hernandez and Milan Skriniar, and we've seen that in the past, Skriniar have been struggling against spacey and strong forwards. So surely the uh, the approach behind this is I'm gonna privilege um, Balogun because he will be more likely to hurt um, Skriniar. Uh, I don't. I do not know if. I don't think that was where really he, he should have... I mean, I, I would say that they both are good at each other, but in different in di- in different situations. I don't think that uh, Benyender would have done much better. I think um, Balogun were quite good in, the, in, in that game. Uh, but what he really tell us about this Monaco side, I think... I mean, actually, he doesn't tell us much about what we see in this season mm-hmm. um once again i just feel like it's a question or where maybe monaco players need to get back the, con- the confidence that that they had at the beginning of the season because well we see how they're still playing really well but uh, yeah the likes of obviously or um Godwin being outstanding but at the beginning of the season we have a lot of moments where minamino was someone being the one converted a lot of chances and now he's not doing so as much so now he's getting a bit harder and now obviously Benedict is not as prolific as he's been in the past Balogun just came in so we probably need a little adapt- adaptation period um, but yeah I think now it's just it's just a matter I, I do think that they are on the right the right track I don't think there is much to change about this team really I mean there is not much they could have done with the amount of injury as well uh, mm. it's really an injury once again in Ligue 1 uh, Monaco choose to train the day before in, in Paris because they had so many injuries mm-hmm. that there were no point of staying in Monaco uh, for the game so both teams didn't really have time to prepare the game really and I think that's something you could you you can have seen watching the game. Like we know that PSG are really good on the at that right side, right flank. Monaco didn't have any particular plan to contradict or to upset this side. Uh, uh, so so yeah, I, I in in my opinion, PSG are really good. But Monaco lost five two. Yes, but he's not pro. He's not he's not a problem because. There is so many factors that are not uh, in Monaco or Uter hands that you just make why the game just really complicated for him to prepare. Looking at all the factors you mentioned there, it feels like a combination of that international break factor, the injuries, and all of these other things just coming together to produce a, a chaotic result where obviously you had PSG players capitalizing on the chances they got and Monaco's didn't. And interestingly, I was like, I was looking at their underlying figures for, for chances created in the past few games. Since uh, the Leo result, they haven't created more than one expected goals o- over the past uh, three games. So any in each of the games, they've had 0.6, 0.8, and 0.6 again. Obviously, they scored twice against Brest. But it's the thing of what you're saying, uh, that they need their players to be clinical when they do get the chances. And when they don't, they suffer like they did against PSG. So... So yeah, maybe it's not the end of the world for them just yet. And I, I I do hope that they can recover the form that they started the season with because it made for a very, very exciting uh, start to the league on season. So so yeah, good luck, Adi Hooter, and figuring that out. Uh, Jay, let's talk next about Nice 1, Toulouse 0. 10th clean sheet of the season for Francesco Farioli's side. Whether they like it or not, they are in the title race now and they are a credible contender. What do you think? Yes, no, they definitely are. And before we did go into the game, uh, after the game, Dante have a, a kind of nice word. He said, uh, I don't like to lose, but it's nice to lose today. Like, it's nice <laughs> to lose today. So, yeah, I, I think that, <laughs> that, that cool. was a, a pretty good joke coming from him. But, um, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I Nisa that we want it or not, Nisa did that they are now up there. They are now second one point of PSG in the league, mm. and I just said tenth clinching in in this season. So in thirty games, they only have conceded four goals, which is like ridiculous. Like they they defensively defensively really uh, on points. Know what they 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 have to do, and uh, I, it's hard to to analyze Nice because as much as they are on point defensively, they are really struggling offensively. Uh, well, and then you're gonna tell me that, uh, or in football, all you have to do is score more than the <laughs> score more than the, the other true. team, and that's why they've been doing. But there is not much actually. I mean, uh, Nice is another kind of team where. Uh, if they score first, you know you're gonna have a hard time how to score back. And as a fan, if you have to put the position on a fan, you like it now because, well, they you know when Lucien Favre was it, uh, not not the second facade, but the first time he had a pretty good football, a pretty a pretty attractive football there, but it wasn't first. And now the fans are like, oh, our football might not be attractive yet, but and but we're winning and we first, so we're just enjoying it for now. And even Fayoli was saying like, "Oh, that's is just the first step of the process. Uh, now we're gonna we we we're gonna once we we got a a strong defensive side, uh, the, a strong defensive uh, team. Well, from this we can now build on on our offensive side. I think that's kind of the right approach. So until then, if uh, and in addition that they're winning, there's not many stuff to many stuff to say about this. They are." They they are they are they play really well in I think they are doing what Farley expected them to do, and so from this position that's a really good thing. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's all I have to say really about this. No, that's fair. That's fair. I think that like you said, there's very little to worry about when you're winning games, and this is their uh, this result was I think their fifth one nil victory of the season. Um, and I think th- there's only been two games where they've scored more than one goal, which is uh, the 2-0 win over Strasbourg in uh, September and the 3-2 win over PSG again in September. So, so, so yeah, I mean, I think they're perfectly happy with an approach that doesn't give them a bucket, bucket full of goals, but it gets them results. And it's like you said, it's about the process of building parts step by step, like Farioli intends to do. So, I mean, so far, there's nothing to fault with their approach. So, yeah, long may it continue because, uh, like we said, always, we want that exciting title race of, of last season. We want someone like to to be the next launch to, to push PSG all the way. And even though even though PSG might win it ultimately, you know, you want some team to, to really uh, give them a good run for it. So, so, yeah, safe to say Nisa are definitely doing that. Um, one interesting or a couple of interesting things that I took away from the game from a tactical point of view is that uh, Terra Murphy was actually fielded out wide and Gaetan Laborde was moved down the middle Um, obviously Murphy then scored scored the only goal in the game so I guess you can say it it paid off ultimately but it's interesting I I mean you've always seen Laborde being the one sacrificed and play uh, the one playing out wide instead of uh, instead of Murphy uh, but it was those two changing their roles, and clearly the those uh, that sort of uh, move paid off for for Farioli in the result itself. And then because of injuries and suspensions and whatnot, uh, Kefren Choram had to play the sixth role, which is something Jerry, you and I have both argued against Alex that he can't really do. But to be fair to him, he gave a really good account of himself in that role. So. So yeah, I mean, some interesting things uh, Farioli is doing to adjust to the circumstances that are being thrown at him, and the results are still coming. As you said, he played now that he tried in the sixth role, but ah, uh, I think we're still right. You know, he, he wasn't bad, but once again, he was to lose. It, <laughs> he was, it was, it was like just to lose. Who's kind of struggling as well this season, yeah, and it's yeah. only because well, between Morgan Sansa and Sofian Diopi is the more defensive of of them. So obviously, as as we were saying, like he can do it, but that's not where you will exploit him the best, in my opinion. Mm, definitely, definitely. Okay, let's quickly move on to the final result of the weekend review, Jerry. Uh, Ren three runs one. 
Julian Stefan's first victory as the new brand manager returning after Bruno Genesio was sacked from uh, from the club after losing to Leo um obviously Martin Terry's uh, I think first goal involvement since returning from injury um I think there was a few narratives that sort of repeated themselves in the game again runs being wasteful in front of goal three big chances missed but ultimately I think the big takeaway from this uh, game was Julian Stefan's return to runs and almost a romantic return obviously his first club and you know, came through the club as the B team's coach and then managed the first team and now he's back so what was his first sort of starting 11 uh looking like Jerry and what sort of stood out to you with Bruno Genesio um Ren had an habitude to either start on 4-3-3 or in a 4-4-2 and i think it'd been really interesting because uh Julian Stefan chose to go for 3-4-3 what it's kind of already been doing at uh at Strasbourg and when even when you look at the players uh I think obviously Theat has a, an absolute uh, he has a really good game Arthur Theat and and I think yeah. maybe this composition is the way of or of taking the best out of him and actually maybe the, probably will be the, the way of taking the best out of all rent de- defender because as we know rent defender most of them are really young which means that they are they kind of struggle to, to stay concentrated all game and they will they are really likely to commit um silly 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 mistake that often lead to a goal and i think when you play there with three people at the back they just get an extra person meaning like they are a bit I mean even though they might make a mistake there's more people to cover it, that mistake and and I think that's maybe the security that this team need at this point and Janiel Belochion who has been really good and no no normally on the right side was playing on center back and I think he had, he had a great great role and same way that um, we could have seen with Singo in a way uh where he's just the fast player on the back line i mean even though yeah. uh, christopher wu and artistia are not particularly slow but when you put a uh, uh when you put a right back or normally right back in that position you just you just really a bit different i think your team is just uh it just go you just building up a different way that it will normally do if it was just fully composed of center backs and we we seen again uh, benjamin bourgeo uh I wide that's something uh when when I kind of like started following more closely and that's luckily enough that's when Julian Stefan as, as well started when he took to cover Sabri Lamouchi he put Benjamin Bourgeois at that position at wide and he was kind of like that uh that creative that creative winger who that where the creative were coming from and I think that's what we seen again I mean when you look at this team I actually look you just look like uh Stefan went there and just said everything that I did everything that worked while I was here I'm going to bring it back basically and against France I think they actually outperform and they the actual run were actually the better team and runs as good as runs is that we know they are um i i just think uh, we'll still been outclassed uh, but in in this game because that except few players that i think didn't play as good as what they can do i, I just feel like the run run player were just so on point about what they needed to do or uh, that we really on point on the tactics while Rens really couldn't um struggle to cope with all everything that that Ren was throwing at them but once again often you know like when you've got a new a new manager is is it is it like that that oh I want to show the new manager that he can count on me or it's just the fact that um that yeah Uh, maybe it's the team finally say oh okay Bruno Genesio decided to leave maybe it could be our fault and obviously as a as a Swiss follower football person it did break my heart seeing that he put Fabian Rieder on the bench and didn't <laughs> play any minutes so uh I would have gave for the first game of Julian Dessant I would have give him a 10 but only because We, I, we didn't get the chance of see any minutes of Rieder. He's going to be a nine. <laughs> uh, fair enough, Terry. Fair enough. No, I think, yeah, uh, excellent return for Stefan. And, and 
not only reader, I think he's made a couple of very uh, interesting other choices, like dropping Lawrence Asenio, who has been the, I think, nominally starting right back for, for Ren this season. He's dro- he dropped him for this one. He also dropped uh, Lodovic Blas to the bench and chose to go with Burijo on the on the right uh, right wing for that wing back slash midfielder role and went with Goeri on the right instead of instead of Blas whereas you saw Genesi trying to shoehorn almost like you know uh, trying to fit like players like Burijo, Lefay and Blas together on the pitch and maybe that's too many like you know cooks trying to spoil the dish uh, whereas someone like Burijo uh, I think gels a lot better with the setup that they uh, that they have now and um, and yeah clearly that approach paid off uh, I think Bourjo's second goal was like the perfect encapsulation of of I think what Stefan's approach will bring to runs uh, with with sorry to Ren is that sort of uh, clinical uh, back to front play very direct from the back like uh, very precise movement of the ball and interestingly, we've always seen, uh, Jerry, that, you know, Ren like to play with the ball or always trusted to, you know, have more of the ball during games. And they generally, you know, sometimes they struggle with the ball and sometimes they don't, uh, like, you know, find the right passes and find the right dangerous spaces in the final third. But against Rans, they decided to surrender the ball. Obviously, Rans ended ending up with more of the possession by the end. 62%. Ren had 38 so I think that again maybe tells you a little bit about the kind of approach change that is going to happen under under Stefan is that Ren are maybe going to be a side that become a lot more, uh, I should say, uh, channeled with the ball. They know what they want to do and they will not try to keep too much of the ball. They'll try to be precise with their movements and uh, and yeah maybe we'll see more of it in the in the coming weeks. So so yeah, I think on that note, let's let's just uh, get straight into our Ren section, Jerry. Um, I think best place to start, of course, is uh, to maybe reflect on uh, Bruno Genesio's period as run coach. Of course, he was coach of the year, uh, voted coach of the year in uh, French football in the season 21-22. Um, I think, I mean, broadly speaking, did a fine job leading Ren to back-to-back fourth-placed finishes in the league. But obviously, I think there comes a point where it becomes beyond what uh, what the results are. And it's also about what the football looks like, what the mood is like. And I think it all just boiled down to a finish after that uh, Lyon defeat. So just one question to start off with, uh, Jerry. How do you think Bruno Genesio will be remembered by, by Ren fans? I think that fans don't have a bad view of him. Uh, I think, except now where he did struggle, uh, I feel like he has been improvement years after years. And maybe, well, obviously, if like, that's probably his opinion, maybe last year's Genesio bring bring out the best that he could from these players because we've seen the quality of, the quality of football they've been playing, and what what ran was appreciated and what we kind of were discussing before recording the podcast is how they are like the west of the west the west of france is like basically known to be really nationalist proud proud to be uh to be ren proud to be they're really proud of them them and them color that's why you can see like with not or with ren and i think what what they like is the fact that genesio a bit like he did with Leon, but he was he never was scared of bringing up academy players, and that is something yeah. that Ren fans really, re- really appreciated, really liked. Uh yeah, he didn't, he didn't win, uh, he didn't win anything, but without, 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 he wanted to disrespect uh, Ren. They, I mean, they don't win. Generally, they, they just known to be the, the like the beautiful losers and it kind of changed when uh stefan win the coupe de france uh, years ago so yeah i think i think like his impact run was really good and now now they left probably probably that like, it was the time for for him to go but i i, I don't think the fan will will say that the genesio was a bad thing for Ren because i generally think as i as i mentioned that uh he he 
he make the 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 club like stepped up step up uh, gradually and and now when you think of Ren, the fact that we 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 are disappointed or, or of them just so much how much it, it bring them up because now obviously Ren at tenth and I think with the work they did we kind of expect them to be higher up like fourth or fifth place and that's what's really must uh, I know it's fun that's the only bad bad um, bad narrow is maybe that end who well that end who didn't end the, per- the perfect way but I don't think they will really be sour about um, Genesio's departure oh for sure I think that the point you make about him bringing through youth academy players is really important because you saw a lot of impressive players make the step up. And especially, I think, Desiree Duwe last season was a big factor in that. Like, you really saw some splendid performances from him. Less so this season due to circumstances being as they are. Uh, But I think players like him really sort of, uh, I think, are the big positive of of what Genesio is all about. I think, in some ways, a really good man-manager. Um... But but yeah, I think at some point results uh we you know, results do matter ultimately in football. And this is a results business. And like Ren currently sitting in tenth, drawing so many games. I think they've drawn what five or six games now so far this season in League One. And um and yeah, at some point there needed to be a change. Um but what kind of state do you think he is leaving them in, Jerry? Because I think obviously it's a very young group. It's a very, very talented group. There's a lot of technicians in the in the team. Um, and I think, generally speaking, my opinion is that he's he's leaving them in a good sp- good uh, a good spot. Like there's a lot of useful players there. There isn't anyone necessarily I consider like Deadwood, like someone that needs to immediately leave the club. Um and maybe personally some players would feel like they're not getting enough game time. And obviously now with Stefan, it's their opportunity to you know, make their case uh, with the new boss. But uh, but I think it's uh, he's leaving them in a good place. It's a sad ending, but but yeah, I think he's he's left enough good parts in the mix for Stefan to to maybe fix things and take it further. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, when you look at, the, as, as you said, uh, the effective of, of Ren is really well construed with a lot of... T- talented players and enough variety in the profile that you want i mean is he leaving them it's like uh, it's like hard to understand why this team are struggling when you look at the all the players that are in there because there is a lot of experience it's a good mixture as well with uh experimented players who knows Liga and yep. young players who are really excited as you mentioned with this year the way so so yeah i think it's a group that you as a as as a coach, you are really excited to to take over because you could fascinate them, if I can say, uh, as you want them to play, and that is something that I think is really it's just simply really enjoyable, and that's a challenge that any coach, well, obviously Stefan took 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 the role, but like any coach would have liked to have a club with a, with a good academy, uh, with a good player already in place, with. A good stage and a good atmosphere. I mean, yeah, I think everything is positive. Uh, well, not now, but everything is, mm. is interesting in that point of view. So yeah, I think, yeah. he, he, I mean, that's that's why I said you cannot be kind of mad at Bruno Genesio because he he leave them in a good. Except that obviously they are tenth in the league, but except this day he leave them in a good place with a good state and for someone. For a person who is serious to to be ready to work with them, definitely, definitely. Um, now let's let's talk about Stefan. Then, Jerry, I think uh, enough talk on Genesio. Um, obviously, he's returning to Ren now, and as you mentioned, they last won silverware with him in the Coupe de France in 2018-19. Um, they were also runners up in the Trophée des Champions, I think, in nineteen the start of the nineteen twenty season. Uh, losing to to Paris Saint Germain, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, I think this is a somewhat of a happy return. Like, you know, there's all always this argument of players like ex players coming back, and uh, you know they say, oh, they know the club. That's why they're good for good to be the manager. But uh, Stefan actually has a lot of 
credibility and a lot of uh, like you know um trust and a good reputation uh generally as a coach regardless of how things ended for him at strasbourg which we'll come to discuss but uh, but yeah a happy return for him at ren you think yeah as i said return of time could be quick um, could be tricky but in this case i don't think that once again any run fan are really against it because they could clearly feel like he was coming to an end with genesio and now him back i feel like he's just kind of bringing back that um mood that ren fan had uh, when he took over the first time coming from the academy he was like announced to be a really good coach obviously coming from the academy uh having like uh having no and no player like you know, like Kamavinga it just seems to be a right man and now it's kind of kind of a, in a similar but different like obviously now we have matured a bit more as a coach he wants to see elsewhere uh, see other contexts now coming back home and in French we say like sapa sous kind of meaning like it will go smooth or it will break and I think that's kind of, that's kind of that's kind of literally what kind of what can happen because uh as I say we went for the first time at Ren, it just you 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 are just really good uh and uh, same as me uh as being a man manager player as well was good at this and has some you know, we were like we kind of like those new wave of French coaches or French French um, coach who are just being positive about the game and trying to not all the time closing up games. And now, obviously, went to Strasbourg, which was a bit uh, a lot more complicated uh, because Strasbourg is a, is a literally different uh, atmosphere and ambiance from uh, from when you you went to to Strasbourg. Um, and there, that's why he kind of see the first struggle as a coach because obviously Strasbourg. I don't think Strasbourg have are as gifted as uh, Ren in terms of, of of team. So have less the quality of player there was not as good as what he had in Ren. So he had to find another kind of style. And from this, from then now in Strasbourg, he became more defensive and. That defensive side wasn't really suiting neither him, neither the the club on its own. I think that's why it didn't work because at the end, Strasbourg wasn't winning. The fans wasn't recognizing the team, and the player didn't seem really happy uh, to have to play that way. Even though uh, when they were trying more play, they were obviously being outplayed because they simply didn't have the best player. And as I say, now where I'm p- p- positive about this is the fact that he's coming back to Ren, being a more matured coach that he has been the first time. Uh, so, and he already know the club, he already know the mentality of those guys. And I think that's where maybe the difference will be made because he is now not more aware of Liga, no other the realities of Liga. And kind of try the both uh, style of play that we can see in Miguel. And it, there is no doubt that if there were and if there were um, um, a coach out there available to get from Ren, he he was kind of the the best choice because I don't I don't I, I can't see anyone else who could have taken the role and being being uh, adapted so quickly. Uh, no, very, very much agree with that, uh, Jerry. Um, I think maybe just finally touching on uh, his return is obviously there, there's a sense of unfinished business because of the way he left things with with Ren the first time around when he left for uh, for Strasbourg. Um, what do you think he can achieve for for Ren by the end of the season? Is is maybe European ambition too far? Because I feel like the general level of, of the league is, is fairly competitive now. And I think there's maybe two or three teams that can um that can definitely confidently claim to like you know compete for that uh conference league spot or the Europa League spot. Uh obviously top three is maybe too far beyond the expectation right now. But yeah, maybe the the focus just has to be to maintain a stable top ten position and then build on from there. Well, what do you think? I think 
There's definitely terms of unfinished business uh, about the film because when he left the first time, he literally left the club, didn't didn't ask for any indemnity, just said, I'm not doing a good enough job in here. Uh, that's the club I support, mm. so I just left. And now, so they know that if now he accepts to come back and take the role, is that he must feel like he's more capable of doing something now. So I think, yeah, as I said, there's definitely uh, a part of unfinished business of Rem and why he wanted to, to come back and why he can achieve. I mean, Liga is a league, uh, well, I would say even more than all the other leagues where it, it just it's just up to you winning three games in a row and you going back back up. And this mm. is definitely now the tenth. But if if they if they can have three game in a win three game in a streak, uh, yeah, they could they could quickly get well placed again. And I I think obviously uh, being top ten, what's what is possible for Ren is finishing in the top six. So I think that is something he should aim for, and the fans should be happy because at the same time I don't see other. I mean, I don't see teams losing tr- losing point dramatically up there. So top six seems to be like a pretty reachable um, accomplishment that ca- that the Red player can be able to do. Yeah, for sure. I think yeah, I, I think I see them maybe finishing sixth if they can put put a good good run together. Um, let's talk next about the players, Jerry, because uh, there are players that have done well. Um, in in this season, obviously it's been a bit of a struggle for for Ren, but Bourgeois is someone who can definitely say that he's he's done well in this period. You have uh, players like obviously Arthur Thiat, who is who's done well. Um, someone like uh, I mean Guiri as well. Maybe the goals are an issue, but generally he's been good. And Zolefe as well, he's adjusted to the needs of the team very very well. Um, so what could they possibly need? From uh, from the January window, in your in your opinion, I mean, I don't think they need any. If really you want to bring on a player, he maybe should be another um, like a right like a right winger probably mm. because defensively, well, okay, a right winger and maybe a experiment centre backs maybe because yeah, yeah they they. They are really young in, in the back, but once again, I don't think I think they could manage being really young in the back and yet finish six. But I feel like what's happening is like putting Guerre in that right position is not he can't play there, but it's not uh, optimal for him. And I think yeah. if you want to get to get more so as well as out of the striker, you need to have a winger who is used to playing that position, who who could then deliver to the striker for him to be in the in the best condition. So I don't think there is much to do really during that January window. Uh, if they really want to spend money on someone, well, as I said, for me, you will either have to be an experienced centre back or a right winger. But excellent than this, I think. Uh, in that team, there is enough resources uh, for Stefan to be able to build something and to just to try something new because this in that team there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of talented player, so I, I don't see why he couldn't do it. No, I agree. I agree. I think I think maybe one one player who maybe Ren don't need him, but he maybe needs a move back to Ligon is uh, is Ludovic Ayok. Obviously, he is someone who who thrived under Stefan at uh, at Strasbourg, and um, I could see him definitely dovetail really, really well with uh, one of the uh, current strikers at at uh, at Rennes. So maybe someone like Goeri, or maybe someone like Calmoendo, or even uh, this Ibrahim Salah. Um, you know, one of these one of these strikers can definitely form a very interesting partnership with him. But no, I generally agree. I think. Obviously, in his first spell, he had uh, he had some experienced heads at the back. Players like uh, Damian de Silva. Uh, you had uh, obviously Hamari Traore, who then later on became the club captain as well. So that's another big uh, big presence that's not there anymore. So yeah, definitely adding maybe an experienced defender would uh, would help. But uh, but yeah, Jerry, I know you were keen on uh, talking about Calamuendo and maybe looking at his situation. Can he benefit from uh, Stefan's presence? Yeah, uh, Kalimundo as a PhD academic graduate is a player that I really like and 
which I still have good expectation. Uh, I think he's he's a really good striker, but where where the I mean the Ren fan really been criticizing him a lot because obviously they bought him for twenty five million and so far he hasn't mm. been showing any sign that he's worth that, those twenty five million. I think what people need to understand with Clem Window is he's a good striker, but he's also really dependent on the collective and. As long as the collective won't be dominant, it will be hard to bring up the best on Kalimundo. Uh, as for now, maybe later it will be, but he's not a different uh, a difference maker making on on his own player. So he he will need to be accompanied uh, to be accompanied by other good player who will like sh- show him the way. So I think if Stefan is planning on making uh, Kalimundo his number one forward uh and then wants wants him to be part of part of that team part of the system and wants um and just and then the team just playing better Kalimundo will automatically be better because that's what he's really good at being up to form to uh, at the form of the team is but what he cannot do is just being the main and yeah, when you mention like bringing um, Ajok back uh, bringing Ajok to, to Iran for example it's something that it does make a lot of sense because the the yeah. thing is Ren plays the one way where, where I more traditional striker will strive mm. but when you have yeah. Guiri or Kalimundo they are they are not as traditional. I mean, they 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 kind of more like a ball to fit strikers. Uh, they're supporting strikers, aren't they? They're more like a supporting cast yeah. instead of being the main guy. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Not really good neither. Are uh, uh, being like having a, a great box presences. I mean, they really. Yeah. They're not really. They're not like yo. Know, they they're not the typical stri- striker when you think on number nine, uh, and I think maybe that's what Ren needs. But once again, will the Will the club want to bring, like, make a signing like this in January? I I have no idea about this, but I think mm. that they have the good player there, and now is 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 all a matter of finding the right the right chemistry between all of them. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think, yeah, not not too much to to do in in terms of in terms of business. So so yeah, um, I think there's a lot of things already in place for Stefan to succeed. So now it's just up to him to to pull things together. Okay, I think Jerry, that brings us to the end of our discussion on uh, on Ren. Shall we close off with uh, the matches to watch for uh, the upcoming league on weekend? Yes, uh, for my watchers to watch, I was well, a kind of a hard choice to do, but I will go for Lance against Lyon. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. the situation at Lyon is becoming more and more dangerous, and I think if you come up to the 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 even the even the even break, the winter break, with having such a, still a little of point that they have now, they're really gonna have to be worried about relegation. I think it's being serious now, and we it's been reported that people already want to uh, or want Grosso to. To, to to be to be sacked because they're not happy. Why didn't play Lacazette? We don't we, we don't we don't know everything. Obviously we're not decoded daily. We don't know what's happening at the club. But from what we can see they don't look really good. And when you look at the last win, I mean they win again Ren, but I feel it's like I feel like it more because Ren had a red card and even with that red card he wasn't looking like they were going they they still struggle to to win against Ren, so uh, which then against Lens, who is now is a lot better than what we would thought a couple of weeks ago. Uh, now obviously now picking up forms, winning games. And I think as 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 we were saying uh, a few weeks ago, like it's just a matter of them finding back. He wasn't really worrying for them, whereas Lyon who were as at the bottom with them are still in that position and that's where the danger is because Young simply cannot uh, score goals simply concede too many occasions and yeah he, maybe I don't I don't know if they lose if they lose this game uh, I think is you're going to be a really really complicated season for them uh, yeah I mean even more than it already is 
So, so yeah. I mean, as as impossible as it did seem at the start of the season, I don't think Lyon are so good that they can't go down. So, so yeah. I mean, it's not a bad shot. Lance Lyon, two clubs in very very different circumstances. So, be interesting to see what uh, what happens in that one. Um, but yeah, I think generally there's not many games that immediately stand out as as oh this is one that you absolutely have to catch so i think you're struggling between maybe two or three games and one of those is obviously long slayer but um, i was maybe jumping between two games and i'll suggest both of them anyway for different reasons i'll maybe start with uh, le have psg and le have because i think they've sort of flown under the radar le have and mets even both of them promoted sides who have really benefited from like having a good run of results Lahava now in 8th Mets are in 9th and these are clubs that we expected to struggle this season and like be in the bottom half um and that may still be where they end up but currently they are one of the more form sides in the league um Lahav have four draws and uh, two of those draws in the last five have come against much much bigger opponents so they drew nil nil against monaco they drew nil nil against lons as well so they are clearly teams that are very very frustrating to play against and it, again like feels like a very perfect chance for them to maybe frustrate the league leaders uh psg and maybe that might obviously play into play into the benefit of teams like nice and monaco for them to be able to catch uh psg above them so so yeah lahab psg um on um on sunday afternoon 12 o'clock uk time so that's one and on the same day in the evening 7:45 we have uh, marseille hosting uh, ren um i think more of a mentality test for julian stefan and ren because velodrome is not an easy place to go um and and yeah it'll be a, it'll be a great thing for them if they're able to pick up a win there marseille have sort of tailed off under gattuso now like i think that what mid table 12th 13th as as we as we record at the moment and um, and yeah it's been of a bit of a transitional season for them i definitely don't see gattuso surviving the season but uh, but yeah it's just one of those things where there's always drama at and at say, yeah. so and the thing yeah they they going again the, for a complicated for a complicated season they have yeah. they have now midi banana uh, midi binasia as a a sporting director so yeah i saw that I <laughs> so saw that. yeah, yeah we will see how 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 these olympians will we will 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 do now well you will indeed we will indeed okay so listeners that was my two matches for this weekend the half psg marseille rans and uh jerry going for longs via leon okay i think that brings us to the end of this episode yes. jerry thanks so much for your thanks. time today thank you thank you ninad Perfect, perfect. Listeners, thank you so much for your time today. Hope that this was an insightful listen. We hope you have a good rest of the week and we'll see you again very soon. So take care and stay safe. Bye-bye for now.